0: who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story. That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 64 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Jen Havard. Jen is originally born and raised on the Gulf Coast of Mobile, Alabama, but now lives in Indiana, where she is a wife, a mother of four. She has adult kids with one still living at home and works as a counselor in the women's health field. Welcome, Jen. Thank you for having me, Jen. Oh, it's Jen and Jen. Yes, yes. (laughs) Not to confuse our guests, but I'm Jen for Virginia. Sometimes people are curious as to what my Jen is for, and I'm assuming your Jen is for Jennifer. That's correct. Yes. All right. Well, so nice to have a gin, a gin a and gin convo. <laughs> you know, I like to start off by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that?
1: Well, if I could give a little bit of backstory because it kind of explains where I've arrived. Please do. Yeah. Okay, sure. So I have struggled with weight my entire life. I was a chunky baby, a chubby little girl, became an overweight teenager. So really right from the start, I have dealt with a weight issue. All my adult life, I've kind of bounced around between obesity and morbid obesity. I've done every diet I've ever heard of, kind of like you, Jen. I've gone through the ranks of like Weight Watchers, oh, yeah. Weight Watcher is Atkins, Holy Thirty, Paleo, Low Carb. I did these physician-supervised diet centers where I got injections. I did the the Cambridge Diet, oh, yeah. Jenny Craig. Did you do HCG? I did not ever do HCG. I don't know where I was. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you are. I don't know at what point that came along, but I never heard okay. of it. If I'd heard of it, I would have done it. That's the point. It was injections. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've done crazy liquid diets and extended juice fast. You get the idea. I've literally like starved myself. I do. Yeah, I've starved myself through um, some of these plans. And most of the time, I would say I felt pretty miserable and felt deprived throughout all those different times. And some of those diets have had a lot of success with um, varying degrees of success and some more than others with my biggest success kind of coming about 10 to 12 years ago, I had to have a terrible hysterectomy at the age of 42. And it's one of those moments, you just kind of hit this wall of discouragement about where like where my health was overall at the age of 42. It wasn't where I wanted it to be. And in my pursuit of better health, when I started to kind of try to resolve from a health issue. I read a book called The China Study. Have you read that one, Jen?
0: You know, I have not read the book, but I'm very familiar with it. It's basically, tell me if I'm right, it is a low-fat, plant-based.
1: Yes, that's pretty much it. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And a very kind of whole foods approach and plant-based. You're right. So I had grown up in a like a meat and potatoes kind of family, and uh, not having meat was like a huge transition for me. And at the same time that I did kind of go on to that plan, I committed to exercising regularly, like as in like four hours a day at a local gym. I just kind of became a crazy exercise person, wow. which I had never done in my entire life. I despised exercise. So it was not something that I'd ever done. But what happened was the combination of those two changes in my life over the course of about two years, I lost a lot of weight, over 100 pounds. I looked great. I felt great physically. But mentally and emotionally, I still was struggling with all my food issues. None of that had been touched or resolved. And food, I felt like in a lot of ways still controlled me, just like it had
0: all my life. So I think that's important to note. Yes. The fact that you talked about how with all the diets, you felt miserable and deprived. Uh-huh. And even now, you know, you had found success yes. with the four hours of exercising. That is a lot. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Plant-based eating. Yes. But you still were struggling, even though you probably, everybody probably was congratulating you and wow, you look fabulous. You've lost a hundred pounds, but you still didn't feel like it was right.
1: Right. Right. And it was, it was just a daily continual struggle. So what happened was, is in life, you know, life shifted as it always does. And, I kind of lost a little steam to be quite as zealous about it. And as soon as that happens, you know, what happens to anybody that does this yo-yo dieting is that you kind of can go right back to where you were. So I also started working full time and all that. So basically over like the last eight years or so, most of that weight, Came back with a vengeance,
0: which has been. Did you ever change the diet along the way? Were you still doing the plant based, yeah. or did you just kind of give up that as well? No,
1: I stay. Yeah. I've never really strayed from that Whole Foods plant based approach. I just laxed up on okay. how much I was eating and things like that. So, you know, having that much weight off right. and having that much weight come back, I'm sure this is what people who have experienced like bariatric surgery that lose all this weight dramatically and then over time they gain it back. It is so. Hard to regain that weight and deal with that emotionally. And there's like so much shame that's part oh, of it. There's yeah. so much shame that's part of that, you know? So that's kind of where I was. I was really still doing the mostly plant-based. So even now I've not strayed from the plant-based. I've kind of allowed myself to add in some eggs and seafood that I wasn't doing there for a while, but really, even though eating good foods, primarily good foods, eating too much of them And eating too often just led to the regain.
0: That's a very important point that you made about the shame Mm -hmm. because anybody who's ever had success losing the weight and then can't maintain it. That happened with me. You know, we talked about HCG. You'd never tried that one, but that was very successful for Mm me. I had been overweight and I did the HCG and I got down almost a goal, not quite, Mm -hmm. but almost. I was happy. I was maybe a size eight and I felt pretty good, but then the weight just piled back on and you're right. I was like, well, people are just looking at me saying, there she goes again. And it was really after that, that I became really, truly in the obese category, but the shame is right. Yeah. That's a real thing.
1: And it's, it's so hard to deal with that emotionally and kind of not know where to go with that. Really. It's not something you really ever talk about.
0: And when I would see somebody, who hadn't seen me, I was like, gosh, what are they thinking? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you have those same thoughts? Oh,
1: yeah. Or I would just assume I knew it that they were thinking and think, yeah, she they're thinking, yeah, she's gone and done it again. She's lost weight and she's gained it back just like she always does. So, yeah, so that's real, that, that part was really hard.
0: I have a slim husband, and when I would go anywhere with him, I always imagined people thinking, why is he with yeah. her? I mean, isn't that oh, awful? Oh, gosh, that's hard. You know, slim, slim, handsome hubby and a big old chubby wife. Oh, gosh, and- Oh, yeah, the things we tell ourselves, I know. I mean, maybe no one was even thinking that
1: all that self talk we do, right? It's so destructive.
0: It's true. Yeah, it's true. So you regained most of the weight. And what happened next?
1: Well, then in January of this year, so January 2019, you know, New Year, New Year's resolutions, you're always looking around for something to do that's different. Maybe this time it will be different, you know, so there was a local restaurant that sponsored a three week challenge. It was like a 21 day challenge. And so I thought, why not? It's the beginning of the new year. I need to do something. So I signed up and that challenge involved, I kind of signed up not really realizing what I was signing up for. I just sort of said, yeah, I need to lose weight. So I'm signing up for this challenge. (laughs) Whatever it is, you know.
0: I'm good. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Whatever it is. I'm in.
1: I can do anything for three weeks. That's the other thing. It was a very finite period of time. So I thought I could do anything for three weeks. I can just not eat for three weeks if I have to, you know. So I wasn't phased by that. I just sort of plunged in, signed up enjoyed joined it. And that challenge kind of laid out five days a week where you ate three meals with uh, no snacking in between meals and nothing after dinner. So, And then the other two days each week were fasting days. So 24 hours was one day and the other was like a 36-hour 36, oh. 36 fast. So that's kind of where I began was with this challenge that incorporated two days of fasting a week. So I committed to it and I don't do anything halfway. So I decided I'd plunge into it But in the meantime, I thought, what is this fasting that like, why this doesn't make any sense to me? Like, why would they tell us to fast? This is not like eating small meals throughout the day. This is not eat something in the morning to get your metabolism going. This is not any of that stuff. They're telling us just to like to not eat. It didn't make any sense. So I started to kind of research it. So that's where it really kind of began for me. So I'm a week or two into this journey, mid-January, and uh, somebody turned me on to the book, The Obesity Code, which I know you're well familiar with. Oh, and yeah. I started to read that. And then through a Facebook page, a Facebook group that I've run for a long time, back since when I converted over to the Whole Foods plant-based group, I had started a Facebook page. I had some followers and somebody that was a friend of mine on that page, and she's a friend of mine in real life too, not just a virtual friend. She reached out to me and she said, I had posted something about intermittent fasting on there. And she said, she had read a book called, can you guess it? Delay, Don't Deny. So was
0: it? Delay, yeah, don't deny? it <laughs> was, it was.
1: And she told me that she was doing intermittent fasting and there was a fasting, and there was a Facebook support group. And so she encouraged me to read your book, Jen. And we then got together and we talked about it. And I joined the Delay, Don't Deny group at that point. That was like an early February of this year. So two things happened. The first thing that happened was, the weight started dropping and it was dropping differently than it ever does. So I have lots of like metabolic stuff going on. I've got like thyroid problems. I've got like PCOS. I've got all these things that has always made weight loss extremely painful and slow, but that was not the case. Oh yeah.
0: PCOS makes it so. Yeah.
1: But it was amazing because it started dropping in a way that it didn't. Drop before. And then as I read more and more about intermittent fasting and listened to podcasts, especially this one, which is why I'm so delighted to be on this podcast myself and watching videos. And I I saw my scale responding. I really became convinced that this is really the piece that I have been missing. So the challenge ended and I thought, well, what do I do now? I'm not going to like, I'm losing weight and it's working. So what am I going to do? So For the last 10 months, almost 10 months since then, I've kind of tweaked my schedule every week and I've just been amazed at my transformation. So I've done some combination of... So
0: tell us about mm -hmm, that. yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your transformation. Yeah.
1: So I've kind of over... Since that time, well, I can start by saying that like I've lost 110 pounds. Since then,
0: a hundred and ten pounds in ten. And by the way, for listeners yes. who the math may be off a little bit because we're recording this in early November, mm-hmm. and you'll be listening to it, listeners, in January of twenty twenty. Yes. So we're two months out. So she's been doing it for ten months uh, because we're recording it in November. But, Just that's in case correct. People were confused. That's but correct. You've lost. A hundred and ten pounds in ten months. That's
1: correct. That is correct. Which is just blows my mind. Blows my mind to even realize it. it. I
0: mean, that is a rate of loss that we never hear. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's
1: that's that's huge. Well, what well what happened is it was really fast at first. Tell us more. Yeah, it was really fast at first, <laughs> and now it's kind of yeah. now it's come to the turtle crawl that I hear a lot of people struggling with on the Facebook support, oh, support yeah? group. I mean, I, I'm lucky to lose a pound every other week or so at the most. So it's it's definitely kind of going right. to a more normal rate or slower than normal rate, perhaps, as I've approached. I still have about 40 pounds or so to go, give or take. Who knows where I'll end up, right? But I'm thinking about 40 pounds to get to a healthy.
0: Yeah. The forty. Well, I was just wondering where you came with the goal. Is the goal like smack in the middle of the healthy weight range, mm. or how did you get that goal number that's in your mind? The
1: goal number in my mind is smack at the top, very tip top of the healthy weight range. <laughs> so I'm trying to be realistic and not okay. and, and not you know think I'm going to be Miss Skinny Minnie down wherever. I'm, I'm very big boned. I'm, I'm a big tall person. I'm a big tall girl. You know, I'm almost six feet tall. So yeah. So I oh, wow. I just kind of looked at like where the weight range. The normal, the top of the normal range is, and I'm aiming for that. And if I end up getting lower than that, that's uh, just icing on the cake, I guess. But yeah, that's kind of where I came up with that number. So it'll be 150 pounds
0: to, in total. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been at that weight in your adult life within that healthy range?
1: I got close to it when I lost over 100 pounds before. I got close to that, but I was probably about 20 pounds away from that or so before. So, uh, but no, most of my most okay. of my life, I've been in the obese, to morbid obese range. So
0: humbling to say, but true, you know, it is what it is. Are you officially in the overweight versus obese category now? Are you still almost there?
1: Yeah. I just last week hit the, yeah, went from the obese to the overweight, which is a big, each time you kind of cross one of those categories. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It was a big deal. It was a big deal
0: to kind of, that's a big mm-hmm, one though. Mm-hmm. It is a big one. So I can say, yeah. I remember when that happened for me, Yes, yeah. you know, no longer obese, right? Exactly. So I can say, "Yay, I'm only overweight."
1: <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so. <laughs> yeah I guess yeah. I guess.
0: Someone who's never been obese doesn't get it, right?
1: I was just going to say. I think you have to. It's one of those you had to have been there or had to have experienced that to understand the significance of that. So anyway, so what I've done really for the last uh, almost ten months here is just a combination of one meal a day. I've done some extended fast, I've done some you know, 16, 8, anywhere from 16, 8 to 20 or 22, 24, I've kind of switched it up a lot. So what's worked for me is to switch it up. So really what I do is at the beginning of each week, I sit down usually on Sunday, usually like a day like today, I'm sitting down looking at what's going on in my life for the coming week. And I decide, you know, oh, I've got this event on this day and I've got this going on on this day. So what's going to work for me? What's going to make this workable for me this week? And then I just tweak it, and I and I do that thing. So I really vary it up a lot every like this. This past week I've done mostly OMAD stuff, and the week before I did like alternate daily fasting. Yeah, the week before I'd done the alternate daily fast. So really, it's really looks very different every week for me in terms of what I'm
0: doing. So I think that's a smart approach because our bodies are more likely to. You know, you know, you hear the phrase, keep our bodies guessing, right. but that's based in science because our bodies are very adaptable. And so if you do the same exact thing day in, day out, your body's like comfortable and adapts and it'll, you know, dial right into that and keep you stable yes. versus, you know, trying to change. So switching it up between the daily eating window approach and the alternate daily fasting is really a great way mm-hmm. to keep your body mm-hmm. guessing. Like you said, how do you approach alternate daily fasting when you do it? A lot of people have questions about alternate daily fasting because, you know, you could have the 500-calorie meal at some point or you could have the complete fast for 36 to 42 hours. What does yours look like? Mine
1: looks like a complete fast, so I don't do the 500-calorie meal. And I go probably 36 to 40-ish, sometimes 42 hours in that fast. So um, if I did Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, that means I wouldn't be eating at all on those days. But then on Tuesday and Thursday, I'd be having two full meals In an eight-hour window, kind of thing, right? And Saturday as well. So that's kind of the alternate daily fasting schedule that I've done when I've done it.
0: That's what I did too. That's my except my days were Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday for the fasting. But that's exactly the way I would approach it. Full fast that worked better for me because for me you're probably like me. This the five hundred calorie meal just did nothing but make my appetite exactly.
1: I feel like that would be unleashing the. have you yeah. ever tried it with the? 500? No, I've been too scared to. I feel like that would be unleashing the beast at that point. Like better just not to eat at all.
0: <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's exactly the way it was yeah. for me. It did unleash yes, the beast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I like a big meal, a 500 calorie meal, and, and then I'm crabby and I'm right. Know it's one when you want to punch your husband because he's eating something and you're like, but I never felt that way when I did the full fast. So
1: I've always thought of it kind of like if you're really, really tired and you get to take a 15 minute nap, that does not work for me. That just makes it worse for me. <laughs> so it's kind of like that too, with the eating, like it's better not to eat at all. Just, just do a total fast. Don't even try to eat that little that little yep. thing in the middle because it's not going to work.
0: But I will say there are so many people. I want to put yes. this out there. There are people who do find that the 500-calorie meal is what makes it sustainable for them. So guys that are yes. doing that, those of you, don't feel like what you're doing is less good no, you know, no, not <laughs> than, at all. than the people who fast through. It's really about what what makes it sustainable for you. Exactly. Exactly. I
1: totally agree with that. What's happened to me is what's happened is as this weight has come off for me this time. It's really felt so different than any other time I've lost weight before. I still really enjoy food. I mean, truth of the matter is I love food, but now I feel like the food is not controlling me. It's never been this way before. It's different than any other thing I've done. So I really feel like I've discovered this like unbelievable freedom from food and the food issues
0: that I've carried for oh so long a time now, you know? That's the wording Kim Smith uses to describe it. She's written a book called Unbelievable Freedom. And that really is how it feels. You know, I wrote it down when you said earlier that you felt miserable and deprived on every diet that you had ever done. I was hoping you'd circle back to it. And and you have. This does feel different. It does. You're not white knuckling it. No, I'm not. You're not ready to stop it. No. You're not like counting it down.
1: No, no. And speaking of Kim Smith, it's funny you said that because I was going to share with you that I had a little one of these little stamps, you know, you get all these stamped jewelry things that you can get these days where people, you know, crafty people do these little metal letter stamps and things that you can make into jewelry. So I had a little necklace made with Kim Smith in mind, because I know she's one of your first podcast guests as well, Jen, but it's it's stamped in there, unbelievable freedom. And I wear that every day. And every time I, every time I touch that, I just think about that again, this freedom that I found inspired by, you know, Kim Smith with that phrase. So the two of you have been pretty instrumental in, yeah, in encouraging an me. Yeah, it's important phrase. Yeah, it's a very important one.
0: So, well, thank you. Yeah, she was podcast guest number that's one. That's what I thought. That's one. what I thought she was. Yeah. So and then it also people are like, "What's that? Does she know that you have that
1: piece of jewelry?" I believe I've told her that. I'm in her, a couple of her Facebook thing group things that she does, and I, I believe that I have mentioned that to her. So, yeah. So yeah, it's really very special to me. And also the other thing is that people are asking, what is that you have written on there? Because it's, people can't quite make it out because it's because it's a, it's kind of a long phrase. So the letters stamped on it are a little bit small. And so I tell them, oh, that says unbelievable freedom. They're like, well, why, do you ha- why are you wearing that? So it's like, okay, there, there's it's an open door to a conversation with people because I'm wearing this <laughs> necklace. So that's good. That's good. People who may not have known that I've lost all the weight get to hear a little bit about it when they ask me what this necklace means to me. So- that's been good.
0: I think that's great Mm -hmm. because you're, you're like me, you're an evangelist for the lifestyle and you know, you want to share it, but it's always nice when someone else opens the door instead of you walking at someone and saying, let me tell you about fasting. Yes,
1: yes, (laughs) that's true. I kind of have become an intermittent fasting evangelist. So I do, I have been telling the world, everybody I know, poor things, they get to hear about it a lot and good or bad, I guess. I try not to, I try to be sensitive and not over overdo it, you know, but they get to hear about it. And then I've got this Facebook group that follows me so I can post all my stuff on there as well. And then I have been invited to do a few like public speaking things around town, just people who've heard about what I've done. Can you come speak to a group of people at our cafe or something like that? So I've had a few opportunities to speak publicly and share. And I've got a bunch of people in my life, in my family and in my friend group and things like that, that are kind of follow, follow, following along as well with their own fasting and their own fasting journeys going on now. So that's pretty exciting.
0: Can you estimate how many people that you've influenced to start intermittent fasting? Oh, good question.
1: I would say there's probably at least 15 or so that are doing it pretty regularly. Right early. I don't really know how many people that follow my Facebook group are doing it or anything themselves. Yeah, that's a good question.
0: I've got five or six ladies it'll, it'll keep adding up. I guess it's probably more than, you maybe. know, maybe it is because the beauty of it is, you know, you don't know how many people are watching you and not saying anything. Like I can remember, I have a cousin who has fought the same battle with her weight that I have fought. And I just remember one day she commented on something in, in one of my Facebook support groups and just very quietly slipped in that she had lost a hundred pounds. Oh my goodness. Wow. And I'm like, what? I didn't know you were. Wow. <laughs> and so I think there are probably people like that in your life as well that are just quietly doing it. Yeah,
1: probably so. I do have one particular person in, that I even thought about. Maybe I should have her come on the podcast with me at some point, but then it was too late because I'd already signed up just by myself. But my sister, my sister has, a few months after I started fasting, she was very inspired because she she knew my journey and how, how hard it's been for me to lose weight and everything. So when she saw me losing... And she also wanted to lose weight. She started doing intermittent fasting. And has become a, a member of the support group on Delay, Don't Deny, and all that stuff as well. So, and she's had a lot of success as well. So, I'm very excited for her.
0: And so she's she's never going back again either, right. right? I hope not. She's in it forever, <laughs> I hope so. For she's going to
1: listen to this. I'm, I'm sure she's <laughs> going to listen to this one at air. So, yeah, I hope she doesn't go back. And one little fun little. I'm sure yeah, one, one fun yeah. thing that's happened for the two of us, at least it's been especially fun for me is that I am now the size at which she started. So she wasn't nearly as overweight as I was. So what's happened is she's got all these clothes that were all too big for her and I needed a whole new wardrobe. And so she just started sending me all of her bigger clothes that are working for me currently. So that's been a fun little connection with her too, is I'm walking around now and all her clothes And I take pictures of myself and send them, oh, look, I've got on your pink jacket today, things like that. So it's given us a fun connection, and it's a fun way to do some of the fasting together. And she's a shopper, so she doesn't mind going out and buying
0: all That really is yeah, fun. Yeah, and
1: she's a shopper, so it's it's fun for her just to go out and buy all new clothes for herself. So that's that's been a win win for both of us, I think.
0: Well, then I also bet that there's some pretty awesome clothes in the store. There
1: are some awesome clothes, yeah. <laughs> if she loves, yeah, I'm a better yeah. dresser now than I ever have been, thanks to my sister.
0: So <laughs> that's been fun. That is the best. And so uh, you can look forward to as she continues to lose weight, you'll continue to inherit her hand me downs, or hand they'll they'll just continue need to be yours i hope so she's
1: approaching her goal so she's got she says 15 or 20 pounds maybe left or so to get to her goal so i i don't think there'll be too many more but we'll see we'll see I think that she probably will be a smaller size than I ever will, but we'll see.
0: We'll see what happens. So, your sister? How about anybody else in your family really close to you doing it? My mom is doing some
1: intermittent fasting, and uh, she is, you know, an older woman. So it's it's you know it's challenging um, when you've lived a certain way all your life to make a change to that. But she's being a trooper, and she's given it. You know, a really good try, and she's having a lot of success as well. So, and then I've got some very close friends and some people at my church and things like that that are fasting. Um, some people that I work with are fasting. So, yeah, it's fun to see it kind of spread with people.
0: It really is. You know, they see your success and then they want to jump right on even though at first they might think you're nuts, right? Did anybody think you were nuts at first?
1: Uh, Well, my husband, now I haven't mentioned my husband yet. So when, when I started this whole thing, Uh-oh. when I, my husband's <laughs> name is Mark, uh, Mark. And so when, when I started fasting, Mark, just, you know, he's watched me go through so many diets. I'm sure part of him was kind of like, okay, here she goes again. You know, that kind of thing. And we'll see what she can do when he's always Here we go. Here yeah. we go. And he's always been so supportive and he's never, critical of the regain and all that he's been he's been a wonderful loving husband through all these uh, diet journeys that I've been on and stuff so I'm sure when I started he thought oh gosh what is she getting into now you know like it seemed really radical like how can you go without especially if I did one of the longer fasts where I was going you know for a long period of time without eating and things like that and so he just kind of watched a little bit and then unbeknownst to me So my husband is a speech pathologist, and he works in long-term care with elderly, and he's done that all of his life. So he's working with people with dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that, and he desperately wants to avoid going there himself personally because he sees how hard those disabilities are. Right. And so he started reading a book, which I knew he was reading, but it's The End of Alzheimer's by Bredesen, Dr. Bredesen. I don't know if you're familiar with that book but he was reading this book and in that I'm not okay. Dr.
0: Who's the author again? Uh, it's
1: Braddison. I, uh, I think it's David Bradison. I should have looked it up so I could quote it accurately. And in this book, he lays out all these different ways to kind of improve your lifestyle so that you don't get Alzheimer's and dementia and some of these things. So there's all these things, there's supplements, there's all these things, but one of the biggest things he lays out in this book to help prevent cognitive decline, which is what my husband was all about, is guess what? Intermittent fasting. So my husband,
0: fasting, fasting. Yeah. I haven't read that one. So yes, the author's name is Dale B- yes. R- Bredesen. I can't say it. B-R-E-D-E-S-E-N. Yes. Yes. Bredesen. Yes, that's maybe. correct. That's Dale correct. Bredesen. MD. And so
1: my husband read that and I knew he was reading that book, but I didn't really know that they laid out like intermittent fasting as a suggestion to do that. So, but what I did notice is my husband, his entire, I hope he's not embarrassed when he listens to this, but his entire life he grew up in a family where everybody had a bedtime snack. Everybody, it just was like, almost like the fourth meal of the day was your bedtime snack. It was a, it was a thing. And so every, every night of his entire life, since ever since we've been married, whatever, he has always had a bedtime snack when later years he's done like a lower carb thing or whatever. So he would do peanuts, and milk, like a glass of milk with a handful of peanuts or whatever. And then he was doing it. So every, every week as I did the grocery shopping, I would bring in these dry roasted peanuts and I put them in a certain snack cabinet for him. And, well, one day I was like cleaning up and I went to go put some more peanuts in there. Cause I bought more and there were like a bunch of peanuts in there that had not been opened or used. And I'm like, what is the deal? We've got this stockpile of peanuts now going on. And so I asked him, I said, why do we have so many peanuts? Are you not eating them anymore? And he says, Oh, well, I decided I'm not going to do a bedtime snack anymore. So I almost fell out on the floor like, what? You're not going to do a bedtime snack? Like, what? He, no. he just said, he just said, well, he decided he's older and like, he doesn't need it. Like, nutritionally, he doesn't need it. So he's just not going to eat it anymore. I thought, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. And then it was like later the next week or a week or two later, I was looking in the refrigerator. And every morning, he had been having like a Greek yogurt as part of his breakfast every morning. And I noticed I put some Greek yogurt out for him on the counter. I noticed he had like put it back in the refrigerator like he wasn't going to eat it. I was like, oh, you're not going to eat your yogurt? He says, well. And he says, well. He's kind of like pausing and hesitating like that. He's like, well. I said, wait a minute. Are you not eating breakfast anymore? And he says, well. I said, wait a minute. Are you intermittent fasting? You know, so I was just delighted. So he's like, he was kind of sheepishly admitting it to me because <laughs> I think he thought I was to <laughs> nut when I started <laughs> And then he tells me when in this book, Dr. Bredesen, he talks about you know intermittent fasting as being really good to prevent cognitive decline, which I desperately want to do. And so yeah, I'm not so so yeah, I'm not eating after dinner, I'm not eating breakfast. So basically he just put himself on a 16-8 without really calling it that or whatever. But so he has been doing intermittent fasting. Yeah, and a side effect of that's weight so loss, funny. he has also lost weight, which is a good thing for him. And, but he's not in it for the weight loss. He's like not interested. Totally opposite of me. The only reason I got into it was, for the weight loss. But for him, it wasn't about the weight loss at all.
0: Me too. That's why I started. I'm just going to be honest. But, but now it's about more than the weight loss. But at the beginning yeah. of the time, that was it. I was a hundred percent in for the weight loss. Me that's too. All me I'm too. About. But he got into it for completely different reasons. So. Did he need to lose weight or was he always at a healthy weight? No, he needed to lose weight. He was overweight
1: and he has lost weight and it's been a good thing and his health, I'm sure his overall health will have improved as a result, you know, so um, he hasn't been doing it as long. It's just been a couple of months. Um, He's not one of those people that weighs ever. So he doesn't know like how much he's lost or anything like that, but his belt sizes are going down. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a really great way to, to track it. Yeah. You, know, if you need different pants, your belt or your belt notches are changing. That's a really great way. But yeah, I love that he started for the health benefits. Yes. And we know that intermittent fasting has amazing neurological benefits. You know, they've done a lot of research on that. And it's definitely, definitely what I'm hoping will keep my brain sharp. You know, they're calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes. Have you heard that? I have heard that. Yes, it's frightening. You know, so it makes sense that if we spend more time in a low insulin state, we could avoid that, you know, happening in the brain. Right. Definitely. I'm all for
1: that. At the age of 54, I'm ready to prevent some cognitive decline at this point. I feel it coming if I don't do something, you know, so it's a good, it's a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a good but, thing.
0: Well, we've discovered the fountain of youth, right?
1: I hope so. That would be nice. I feel that's the one thing. I do feel so much younger, you know, without, with the weight loss gone and... Maybe just my emotional health also improving. I feel like so much younger than I did when I was 42 even. So that's a good thing.
0: Throughout all of this, you said you're still eating the way you you had been eating when you read the china study so for how many years have you said that you're you're mostly plant-based vegetarian although you have added back you said what dairy eggs dairy and eggs and, and fish. Eggs, eggs and tell us about that
1: eggs and some seafood so i've done i do probably once or twice a okay, food, but once or twice but not dairy not dairy although i'm not as like fanatical about it as i used to be like if i go to a restaurant and they put some feta cheese on okay. if they put some feta cheese on there then i it used to be that i just wouldn't eat the salad if that happened but now I was like oh well I'm not going to eat the whole salad just because it's got a little bit of crumbled feta cheese on it or something so I will eat it but I don't like eat dairy outright I don't eat pieces of cheese or drink glasses of milk or anything like that so okay yeah yeah I mostly do the whole foods plant-based and with the addition of the seafood and some occasional eggs eggs probably maybe once every week or two I'll do like a couple of hard-boiled eggs that kind of thing
0: yeah. So does your husband also eat the same way that you do? Oh,
1: shoot. No, he's a big meat eater. <laughs> 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 shoot, no. He, is he? Yeah. Oh,
0: a, I just wonder because, you know, because my husband's pretty stuck with eating the way I fix the dinner. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah, my husband is definitely like a carnivore kind of person. So... I have learned over the years when we eat so differently to. He eats everything that I eat. Then he just adds the meat to whatever it is. So I just will cook the meat kind of on the side. On the side, even if it's soup or something, I'll do meat kind of on the side that you just throw in at last minute as you're serving your bowl if you're a meat-eating person. So that's kind of how we've learned to adapt to that over the years since I'm the one who does all the cooking. So
0: well, that's yeah, that's a great strategy. I do still eat meat, but I'm less interested in it than my husband. And both my husband and my 20 year old son are at home still. I mean, of course, I hope my husband is always at home, but the 20 year old right, is the right. one who's still at home. But that you know, I tend to choose every now and then. I'll have a vegetarian mm-hmm. meal. We had one the other night. It was like this big bowl of kale and sweet potatoes, and sounds good. There were cranberries. It was it was so much goodness. And both my husband and my son were like, Where's the meat? This is not yes. working. My son's like, I'm gagging this down. I'm like, What? What?" He's like, You're just pretending to like it. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> that's funny. So I'm like, All right, if I don't want to eat the meat, I still at least have something for them. Yeah. To that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So once or twice a week, I probably fix a meal that's just meatless, period. And there's no meat to throw in on the side. And my husband's running joke of that is he said, You know what would make this really good? I was like, what, vacant? He's like, exactly. So he and I tease each other a lot about it. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. Beside the weight loss, mm-hmm. have you had any other positive health benefits that you've seen?
1: Well, I had some lab work done. Um, my thyroid function looked like it improved a little bit, but not enough that he wanted to make a medication change yet. So he says the next time I come back, if that's still... Kind of heading that course, they're going to start reducing the dose of uh, thyroid medicine. And sadly, the thing I was most disappointed about was actually that my blood pressure is still not low enough that they can kind of reduce my blood pressure medications. One of my big goals is to get off the blood pressure blood pressure medication. If I never get off all the thyroid medicine, oh well, that's just fine. But I really want to get off that blood pressure medication, so that's a that's a goal that I have for sure.
0: We do hear of that happening Mm -hmm. a lot. So you know, you can keep your fingers crossed that that. Hopefully. will yeah,
1: I'm hoping it'll
0: happen. That's one, day. one of the
1: things I'm still aiming for. So yes, I'm hopeful that it will happen.
0: Anything else besides the thyroid and the blood pressure?
1: Well, I've, I feel, you know, when you lose that much weight, then of course there's much less pressure on your, your joints and your things like that. So I had a lot of just achiness and things like that, that has lifted a lot. I've noticed At church, if I kneel down on my kneeler at church, that it's not hurting my knees so much like it used to and things like that. So there's been those kind of things. They're not really measurable, but they're probably like lack of, you know, inflammation has gone down. So it's helped with a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, My endurance is better. I can walk further and things like that than I could before with all the weight. So no other directly medical things I can think of. I would love for my eyes to get better. I keep hearing about all the stories about people's vision getting better. So I'm waiting for that to happen. Maybe, maybe it won't, uh, which is okay.
0: It did not happen I for know, me. I've heard you say that. That did not happen. I've heard you say
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> In
0: fact, my eyes are getting oh worse. Gosh. Oh, yeah. well. Oh, well. <laughs> Wah, Didn't fix Didn't that. Happen. Didn't make my hair stop being gray. We hear that too. People are like, my hair turned back its natural color. Not me. My hair is getting so gray that now I, in between my hair colors, I've always had my hair colored. I don't really even know what my natural hair color would right. look like because it's always been right. colored since the '80s. Right. But yeah, I'm a southerner. We we color our hair a lot down here. But anyway, there's a lot more gray, so I don't see the darkness like right. I used to. Right. So didn't have that. Didn't have that right. change as well. Right. It would have been nice. Yeah. Though. That would have be been a nice side effect. But you know, the non-scale victories are still great you know, the non-scale victories of the, the pain and the, the inflammation, any other big non-scale victories you can think of? Well, of course,
1: going through oodles of clothing sizes and all that. So yeah, I keep going down in clothing sizes, which is a really happy non-scale victory for sure. So that's been a big one for me. And then just that, like just the emotional freedom has been probably the biggest victory in this whole thing. Um, more than the weight, more than the weight loss itself would be just how free I feel, how free I am. So Yeah, that's been the biggest thing.
0: That's the biggest part. For people who have not, you know, tried intermittent fasting yet, who feel like it's something that's gonna be really hard for them and like it's you know, people who have never tried it and who haven't done it, they think it's gonna be something that it isn't. They're like, Oh, I could never go without eating. Oh, I could never and it's like really it's the Mm -hmm. opposite of what you think. Yes, that's true. You can host the best backyard barbecue. get 80% off your impression kit when you use code wondery at bite.com that's b y t e.com start your confidence journey today with bite how do you sell it to people when you're telling them about it like what do you what do you tell them
1: well i mean tell them some of the you know some of the journey just like where i've come from and how hard it's been for me to lose weight and how this time it just feels so different and i talk about the freedom that i that i found and how much easier and how much simpler it is I just don't even like have to think about all those meals I'm not eating and that it saves me time and it saves me money and all those kind of things are all sells right to people like I don't have to think about what I'm gonna like quickly rushing around in the morning getting ready for work grabbing a quick breakfast and oh what am I gonna bring for lunch and that's just not even there it's just calling, kind of like, oh I don't even just think about that anymore so I did realize recently I did host some house guests, which I hadn't done for a while. I used to host guests all the time, and it had been a while. It occurred to me the night before they got here, like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have nothing. I had already gone grocery shopping for their planning for the meals that I'm going to have with them. I was going to cook a dinner for them the day they got here and all that. And all of a sudden, like, the night before, they're coming in the next day, and I was like, oh, shoot. I've got nothing to offer them for breakfast. And there's nothing really around that's make. That's hilarious. It just wasn't even like in my mind, like to put breakfast out for people or to offer to serve other than my coffee, my black coffee. And we have got a whole coffee station going on with all sorts of options over there. But I didn't (laughs) think about breakfast food. It was just like, wow, I've kind of completely forgotten about breakfast, and so I had to run around and scurry and make some plans.
0: Oh, I could just imagine. Yeah, same thing, you know, when my mother will come to visit, because my my mother lives in Virginia, and she'll come to visit a couple times a year, and she's like, what can I eat? I'm like, oh, there's really nothing. I know. (laughs) But dinner's going to be great later. So you have to think differently about those frequent eaters that are around you.
1: (laughs) Yes, I went and grabbed some, like, continental breakfast kind of stuff, like English muffins and fruit and things like that, that I could just kind of put out without it being. And it's also stuff I knew if it didn't get eaten, but yeah, a big big to-do, exactly. Yeah. So my son that lives here is 18 years old and has a big appetite, but he has gotten to where he can just kind of fend for himself. So he knows I'm not serving him anything for, you know, except for dinner. So he's kind of on his own to fix anything else. So, and that's worked out just fine. He scurries around and finds stuff. I and mean, then it gets too low. He always lets me know, mom, you didn't get me any snacks this week or whatever. So, okay, sorry. I'll try to get some more next week yeah. or whatever, but yeah, he's not starving or anything. So he's doing all right.
0: That's the same thing that my 20-year-old does. He just kind of fends for himself, and we have things on hand, like some frozen Mm -hmm. things that he can microwave. Luckily, he does not have that exotic palate. (laughs) You know, since the kale bowl was not really exciting, he'll microwave a frozen meal. And yeah, I tried to get him some organic, like, ramen noodles. He's like, no, thank you. (laughs) wants to eat the stuff that a 20-year-old boy right, wants to eat right yeah <sighs> hopefully one day he still kind of loosely probably doesn't inter- do intermittent fasting do you think your son kind of also loosely does it too or is he breakfast lunch? well he will his
1: tendency is actually to he doesn't really bother too much with breakfast but it concerns me a little bit because he unlike me has the opposite issue, which is that he it tends to be underweight. So it concerns me to see him like go without breakfast. I'm like, are you sure you don't need to eat something before school? So it's a very different feeling when I'm talking to him than anybody else in my family breakfast fine with, would do fine without breakfast. But when he goes without breakfast, I'm kind of like, don't you need to eat something before school? So anyway, he kind of almost is naturally like not having breakfast these days, but I don't know if that's a good thing in his case. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My son doesn't either. He wakes up in the morning and he has black coffee and then he eats, you know, midday and then dinner. And then he'll have like a little later snack, but it, it's probably 16 ish right. Yeah. If you asked him, do you do intermittent fasting? Right. He would say no. But when you watch him that, okay. that's what it looks gotcha. like. So, gotcha. <laughs> I will say the funny story, he went went off to college. Now he's back home. But he went off to college for a year and a quarter and after his first couple of quarters, he came home around the holidays and he was his weight was up. We had a scale down and and a, a like an old doctor's kind of scale off in like the pool house. And he got on it and his weight was higher than it had ever been. And he purposefully did some intermittent fasting at that point because he went off and started eating, you know, the cafeteria, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it was nice to see him pull out that tool, that intermittent fasting tool when he when he wanted to but like I said now he does it but he doesn't probably right. think that he's doing it he just it. doesn't know what he's doing that's all <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't yeah but the good news is that if he ever does find his way going up he knows how to take care of it hopefully he you know has become a believer right <laughs> watching us with it
1: right right oh how I wish I had known about it when I was 20 in his age that would have saved me a lot of grief in my lifetime
0: oh me too Absolutely so is there anything that you struggle with in your intermittent fasting practice
1: I find social situations can be really challenging as in you're going to a social function and during the time that you're fasting I, I live a life where we do we have a lot of church activities and things like that we're around people and a lot of those activities focus around food so I've never wanted to let the fasting get in the way of my relationships with people that are important to me. So um, I just kind of made a decision that when I'm fasting and I go to one of these things that I'm just gonna have to kind of get used to or be okay with being the one who's not eating. So I'll make sure I grab myself a glass of water so I can sip on my water or my bubbly water, bring it with me, whatever it is. And then really just focus on the conversations I'm having and the people that I'm with and trying to have the focus be not the food. So I have to kind of position myself physically away from food tables or wherever food is being served and things like that. But that kind of stuff can be very challenging because I'm I'm around, I'm in that situation a lot when I'm fasting. So, and at work, when I'm at work, you know, during the day, everybody, you know, warms up their lunches and sometimes they smell really good and, and people talk about food and things like that while I'm fasting. So those can all be challenges for somebody who's always just wanted that food herself, you know. So just making that decision not to eat has been really good and it's very freeing. But there are challenges still, you know, that I'm not sure you ever that that ever stops being a challenge. I don't know. I haven't done it long enough for that not to be a challenge yet. So but I'm committed enough and I see the results and I'm I'm pretty hardcore about it. So I don't let it sway me. But it is like in an internal struggle a little bit.
0: I get it because I still have those thoughts even today, you know, knowing that this is what I'll do forever. And knowing how much better I feel, there are moments when, you know, my husband will be home for lunch and he'll be heating up something leftover from last mm-hmm. night. And I'm like, oh, I could eat that. That would be good. Right. And, but I'm like, no, I don't want to, cause then I won't feel well later and I'll be sorry that I did, but still that fleeting thought of that would be delicious. Right. That can be a struggle. So those thoughts do not ever completely go away, but you learn how to manage them. And it's not, you know, and it's when, whenever you, you do quote, give in and decide today, I'm just going to have it. And then later you're like, why did I do that? Those are the days that remind you not to do right. It. Yeah. <laughs> They're not as good as you thought they yeah could, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And times I have indulged at times. I didn't want
1: to, you know, didn't plan to indulge, but I did. I always feel like that, like that, I mean, it tastes good, but. So what? It was, it was so temporary and some, you know, it didn't do anything for me. So I try to remember that the next time I'm tempted. It's never as good as it feels like it's going to be.
0: And the worst part is if it doesn't taste good, like I can remember the first, when my son Callan, and his now wife Kate came home for Thanksgiving, the first time that They were still, I guess it was maybe their sophomore year of college. They both just recently graduated this past year. But so it was several years ago. I was still, you know, I was at my goal weight, but I was still trying to figure out maintenance kind of thing. And I can remember I got all the stuff for them, like creamer for coffee. And I'm like, it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to have, and it was just the week of, I don't think it was Thanksgiving day, but I'm going to have creamer in my coffee. It was this organic vanilla creamer that I bought that I used to love. And I'm like, I'm going to drink this. It's going to be amazing. And I drank it, and I'm like, that tastes disgusting. Oh, wow. Wow. (laughs) So I poured it out and drank black coffee. But then I had already opened my window, and I had to eat food because of that darn creamer. But it was, like, so anticlimactic and not even delicious like I thought it was going to be.
1: okay. I haven't had anything that I've tried that I don't normally eat like that. I haven't had any that sensation where it doesn't taste good to me. But I have had like the emotional part of it has been empty. Like it didn't do for me what it used to do for me, I guess is what I'm saying. But I haven't had the whole like my taste have changed so much that I don't like it anymore. Like I'm pretty sure if I sat down with a bowl of ice cream, it would still taste pretty good to me.
0: (laughs) But oh, no, now ice cream has never lost its
1: deliciousness. I'm going to tell you Yeah, that's one of those universal (laughs) things. Yeah, ice cream (laughs) just is good. But
0: anyway, I had some great ice cream last week. I was in Portland, uh-huh. Oregon, and I had – there's a place called Salt and Straw. Yes. I'd never been to yes. Oregon or to Portland. And this it was like this Thanksgiving flavor ice okay. cream, and it was – oh, I can't even remember. A sage and cornbread cookie. Oh, my. So it was like a cornbread dressing Kind of a thing, but it had sage in it and peaches. It was the best ice cream I've ever had. It might sound weird, but it was amazing. I
1: have uh, been to Salt and Straw. My oldest daughter lives out in Portland, so I've been there oh. to try some of their craziness. So I know exactly where you're talking about. That's awesome.
0: It is amazing. I got there. They have a tasting flight that you can get. You can get like four different yeah. ones, and that's I. That was our dinner. We had lunch that day. We had lunch at the um, at the farmers oh, nice. market there in yeah. Portland, which was yes. amazing. And then we were having the, and we were like, ah, oh, you know, well, let's just have this for dinner. So we went and had ice cream. That sounds like, that sounds like an amazing dinner. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that was the day we had brunch. It wasn't the okay. farmer's market, but we had two meals a day the whole time I was there just because it was um, special. Yeah. And there was not one thing I had in Portland that wasn't amazing. Yeah.
1: They're pretty much foodies out there in Portland.
0: But yeah, ice cream yeah, for dinner. that's awesome. They really are. Well, I'm glad that you've been there and that you've that you've experienced the magic of salt yeah. and straw. I will definitely go yeah. back there if I'm ever yes. in Portland again.
1: They have some great coffee shops out there too, don't they?
0: Oh, yeah, they do. We had some great coffee. And whether your window is open or closed, you can find something amazing out right? there. So just in, in general, what is the absolute best part of intermittent fasting to you?
1: I would just definitely say that the best part is the freedom. Just being free from the bondage
0: of food. That's the best part. Yeah, I would agree. And you don't have all those thoughts all day long, the food right. thoughts. Oh, should I eat it? Is it time to eat right. it? Right.
1: Is it okay to eat this? Is it okay to eat that? How many calories does this have? And, and how many grams of fat is that? Like always counting and tracking macros and all that stuff. I'm so done with all that that I'm, I'm thrilled to be done with it. Me
0: too sometimes people will ask me, they're like, could you just estimate how many calories you eat in a day? And I'm like, legitimately, no, I cannot because I have no idea because I just throw stuff in and whatever, you know, it needs a little more cream. I throw it in and I genuinely have no idea. I'm not just being coy and, you know, not wanting to tell people the truth. I just literally have no idea. And it's really hard to count calories of whole foods.
1: That's very true. You would have to be so careful and, and measure and everything. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad not to be on that track and
0: weighing them. You'd need a yeah, scale. A yeah, scale. I
1: had a scale. I got rid of it. I still have my body scale, like weight scale. Me too. I had yeah, one. Yeah, but I don't. I have my little kitchen scale and I wouldn't, you know, weigh out how many ounces of this, that, and the other. I had yeah. one. Yeah.
0: Well, when I was doing that HCG diet, you had to weigh out how many ounces of chicken mm-hmm. you were eating. And so I was mm-hmm. weighing, I would weigh out my chicken. Sure. That is so sad. Sure.
1: It back
0: on. It's like fifty grams of chicken, it's some crazy tiny amount. Yeah. Meal. And
1: counting out how many peanuts you're gonna eat when you're eating peanuts, because you gotta count per calorie and all that stuff. So all that kind of crazy tracking. It's nice not to do that. Yeah. There's freedom in that even Yeah, I will never do mm-hmm. it again.
0: Mm-hmm. Never, 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 never. never yeah. again.
1: Yeah, so it's it's good. Never. It's good.
0: Well, we are almost out of time. So what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting or is there anything you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I think what I would want to tell somebody who's just starting is that there really is hope that you're not too fat, too lost to that battle you're not doomed to be fat forever there is hope and even more than hope there is there's freedom. So I would love every single person who listens to this to just be able to, Know that and to find the courage to dive into it and believe it because it really does work. And I'm saying that as a person who's come from, you know, morbid obesity and things like that, that have hope and come give it a try. And if you stick with it, you can really experience the freedom that so many of us have found.
0: That's just a beautiful sentiment. And, you know, since this one will come out right after the new year. I bet there'll be people who are just starting off who will listen and be inspired by your story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I started
0: like January
1: 13th of 2019. So when this airs, it'll be almost exactly a year. So that's pretty exciting for me. It's true. That's yeah. fabulous.
0: That That's a very perfect way that that worked yeah. out. Yeah. So it'll be your fast anniversary. That's fast-iversary. what we call it. So happy one year fast anniversary! Thank
1: you. You know,
0: <laughs> you will be celebrating yeah, it right before this yeah. episode. And
1: somewhere early on in this journey, when I started listening to all your intermittent fasting success stories on this podcast, I was so inspired. And I think it was a couple of months in that I, I sent you a message, Jen, saying my, one of my new goals is to be a guest on your podcast. So I'm just delighted to round it out this way at the end of my year.
0: Oh my gosh. And did I reply and say, I'll visualize that and I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah, pretty much.
1: It? You let me know when that time comes. I said I have to have lost it I That's, told you I'd yeah. have to have lost at least a hundred pounds. Once I hit the hundred pound mark, I'm gonna I'm gonna call wow. you back, which is what I did. Yep.
0: Well, see, I love that. I remember I mean there I've gotten a few emails like that, but I remember replying to them and so I am thrilled that yours was one of them and that it happened so quickly. That's really, really amazing. So, Jen, it has been wonderful to talk to you today, and I look forward to following your progress as you continue to live the lifestyle.
1: Thank you so much, Jen. It's been great to be with you.
0: Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at com, and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G I N